This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to the NQ on podcast, your audio hub, everything Milton Keynes Dons. Well, um, a pretty, a pretty long trip from what I've heard based off Ross and Joe's thoughts on last night's game. So I'm sure we're we're all we're all pretty tired based off yesterday, but um I'll go around the room and ask everyone anyway. So um Ross, how tired are you, first of all, and how else are you doing? I'm I'm doing fine, thanks. Um I'm a bit more positive than I was at uh about half ten yesterday, driving back. But uh, yeah, I'm doing well, thanks. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. I, um, I said I, I was watching from a phone rather than the ground. I imagine I'd be even more fuming if I was there. Uh, Joe, how about yourself? Yeah, I mean, I was knackered this morning, um, but hey, it's. Uh, I mean, we were rewarded with a win in Wigan, and uh, we've been. Uh, yeah, we've been we've not had quite the same luck in with our trip to Sheffield uh, this week, so uh, you can't win them all. Yeah, the, the, the love of the good old Northern away days um, always brings up a surprise, and I'm sure it will on Saturday. So yeah, it's a, it's another so jam packed episode. Obviously, lived Christmas coming up, so two games to review, of course. Uh, Burton at home, which we'll start off with, and then um, Sheffield Wednesday away last night, and yeah, we've got an option overview with you for Morecambe. So that'll be coming later on the episode with Dave. And then, yeah, we'll get into our scores for that. And, uh, yeah, we'll we'll send you all off. But first of all, let's get into Burton. Start off with the positives. Uh, 1-0 win at home. Max Waters with the goal. You know, it's pretty standard for Waters at the moment, just bagging in goals. I think it's 5-4 and four at the moment for him. Um, yeah, it, uh, overall, I was pretty pleased with the performance. You know, li- not limiting, let the start limiting the side you're playing against to zero shots on target. I mean... That's that's pretty much all you can ask for. Yes, um, yes, but the you know the danger men. Obviously, Jefferson had a pretty pretty solid game. He's probably lucky to score. He had a few chances, and that um that Terry Taylor on they got from Wolves looked pretty decent. But yeah, overall, you know, Manning said they maintained control. Maybe not the way that he'd like to see it. He'd like to see be a bit more be a bit more braver. And you know, we've had that conversation plenty of times on the podcast with previous teams and Manning's MK Dons, and you know. We'll have it again today, I'm assuming, based off the comments of other games. But yeah, you know, overall, it was you've got to be satisfied with the three points in a clean sheet. We haven't really had, well, especially clean sheet wise, haven't had too many of them this season. So yeah, it was nice to get that, especially with a Harry Darlingless defence. So, um, Ross, obviously, it feels like a little while ago that's this Saturday game, but how did you uh, feel about the one that went over Burton at home? Yeah, it was a bit of a, I, I think. The best way to explain it is that Joe didn't miss a lot um, when we played against Burton. It was a typical Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. He set up for a point um, in my eyes and um, he tried. He tried his very best. Um, but I did do feel we wasted the chances a bit. Um, Waters had two good chances, I believe, in the first half. Um, and we should have really been 2-0 two, two up um, going into the break. Um, but it was a matter of time of 
or whether we were going to take that one chance and pull it in the back of the net. And at the end of the day, Waters, he got he got in behind um, and it wasn't the greatest of finishes. I, I, I thought it was a toe punt um, into the back of the net. Um, and Burton didn't really fret. And when they did try, um, Louis Baldwin, um, Baldwin, he was solid against Burton and he warranted um, his place against Sheffield Wednesday on the, uh, yesterday. And um, yeah, that back line didn't give, give anything to Burton. And um, they kept the clean sheet they've been asking for in the past few weeks. So yeah, it was really pleasing afternoon, um, obviously getting three points. Because obviously, if, if we say this numerous times now, but if you are to do anything in this league, you've got to be beating teams like Burton, who come away from home and make it tough, make it dirty, just like Accrington Stanley did earlier on in the season. And you, you've got to um, have belief that your quality in your squad will pay dividend. And on Saturday, it did. Yeah, yeah. Aidan Baldwin's a very impressive past couple of games. And um, yeah, as you said, he put his head at the starting spot um, in the absence of Darling. And of course, he got it on the Tuesday night, even with Darling available. So yeah, that, that showed how good he's been recently. And yeah, we all saw it at Stevenage and we sort of said, yeah, he probably deserves to start against Burton. And uh, yeah, fortunately he did. Um, Joe, how did, how did you find Saturday against Burton? Um, well, yeah, from having the Twitter notifications on my phone whilst I was at a wedding, uh, not my own, um, but, uh, yeah, you know, through, through having the updates, well, my phone wasn't going off that often. So I kind of thought, yeah, it's probably exactly how I imagined it would be. Um, you know, not much in the game. We, by the looks of it, you know, on the highlights, this is I'm going by again. You know, we probably had the better chances. Um, we did. We restricted them to you know little half chances, perhaps. And um, you know, we we really produced that moment of quality. I just mentioned as well that ball by um, Matt O'Reilly is I thought, brilliant ball. We've seen him do that so many times this season as well, and he's not always got the assist. So real good to see Max Waters put that one away. And I think if you think back to three or four weeks ago, I think I can't remember which game it was. It might have been Doncaster. When like Max Waters, he went all he went through, and then he just like I think he crossed it or he cut back, and you're just thinking, God, what's what's going on here? But with this, there was no second thought. It was you know he, he kind of dummied over it and just shot first time, and that shows man. You know this is why I say you know with a lot of players, just give them a few games. Don't judge them on two starts. Judge them after about three, four starts because that is when people are confident. That's when they're in a groove. And he, that was instinct. He he didn't think about that whatsoever. He knew, you know, that's a striker's goal, a pure striker's goal. And yeah, brilliant. Um, so I think it's really good that we're winning these games. You think back to last season, we had games at home. Um, I think, you know, Shrewsbury to all at home. I think we had, uh, we lost crew at home. Um, we I could probably go through last season's results. And there's so many sort of mid to lower table sides where, we were just very meh at home. So it was good to see us just negotiate it without too much fuss. And, and uh, yeah, a, a clean sheet's always nice as well. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And I think I think with this younger group, it's typically of younger sides. You don't often see a team that's willing to really like fight for the three points, really dig deep and actually go for it. Um, but I think we really did see that from... Yeah, Don Son on Saturday, and you know, I watched back the game myself and the amount of challenges that they were going in for. And as Ross said, you know, Hasbank size to make it difficult, they're gonna make it physical when they did last season, they have this season, and uh, the two games we played against them, uh, if you include the Papa John's trophy, and you know, we've we've won we've won three out of the four, um, really impressively. And I think uh, the guy who got mad in the match, David Casuma, on the day fully deserved it. I think he I think the sponsor that gave him the man of the match really understood the game in terms of how it went and how it was set up perfectly for Kaz really. You know, he's always been that player for us who would just sit in the middle of the park, win, every, win, win the majority of his battles and just distribute the play in that pivot role. And um, yeah, he's really steady player, isn't he, Ross? That, you know, it's not only really important to us, but, you know, I mean, hopefully it's us for a long time, but, you know, he's, he's just a quality player, isn't he? Oh yeah. And um, I think you can see um, he's way above this level. Um, but I think the reason why he was having to do so much work um, in the game, and this isn't a shade at any player, but I felt Josh McEachran, he had one of his off days. There's a few too many stray passes. 
It was making Kasumu um, cut out the errors, and um, he do, he done the job at the end of the day. And um, I, I think Joe just mentioned about it being a meh game, and um, I don't think we played well at all. Um, I felt we 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 played quite poor in my eyes, but defensively we um, held them to nothing. Um, and I think good sides in this league or great um, good sides in this league is that that's the difference between good and great sides between the league. So I just see um, them three points are a lot, lot more valuable than what people think they are. Yeah, we haven't, we haven't really played well since Cambridge. Obviously that, that doesn't, that wasn't too long ago, really. It was what, a couple of league games ago. Um, Obviously now we play Sheffield Wednesday also, but yeah, yeah, we haven't really played well in a while. Um, And to be fair, I think the overall reason for that is this lack of time on a training pitch. Obviously, yeah, we've got another game on Saturday, which is, again, I think we're going to have like one training session, maybe two, before we have to go to Morecambe on the Friday. But the, the gents are anyway, the boys are playing on the Friday, kind of traveling on the Friday to go. So, yeah, like, yeah, it's had, had no time on a training pitch to, to be able to coach the guys into anything. So, you literally, Manning and the coach have to go off go off the cuff, essentially, in terms of what they want the team to be implement going forward. And as Manning said, if we're a young group, it must be really difficult to do that. Uh, of course, we've got your experience heads in the dressing room. Um, but overall, I think any any manager is going to struggle, especially a newer one, in implementing what he wants on the bus rather than on the training pitch. It's, it's just not the ideal situation. Uh, but anyway, back on to Kaz. Um, Joe, I mean, what were your thoughts on Kaz on Saturday? Of course, he got a man in the match. Do you think he deserved it? Yeah, I think one thing with Kaz is you get he's got a really quite unique skill set that not many other players in the league have in that he can really just sort of get himself out of them tight spaces and he can be played the ball by the defence and he can really help just get you up on the pitch really quickly, which is, I think, quite a rare skill set. But also at the same time, he does know when to slow it down. But he can he, he's, he's actually got quite a... I think he's a lot better at dribbling than he is passing as well. So he can just physically just carry you up the pitch and just, you know, if you are being maybe penned in a little bit or they're pressing you. It's really an effective tool to have. And I think the best we've probably saw it this season was at Wigan, where, I don't know, he must have been dizzy after the amount of bloody spins he was doing. So, um, yeah, he's really just unique player to have in the team. And I think that skill set is just not something that everyone has, which is why, it, you know, it makes him so valuable to the team. Yeah, and hopefully he plays, you know, Many, many more games for the Dons and, uh, of course, January coming up. Uh, those conversations are going to have to happen, unfortunately, with what the dreaded conversations that we have have every window. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, long may it continue from that perspective. Yeah, so transitioning into Sheffield Wednesday match, um, I think everyone was expecting a difficult game. Obviously, going to Hillsborough, it's our first time there in a long time. And, you know, they're quite a physical team. You know, you've got the likes of Dunkley at the back, who's an absolute unit, playing a centre of defence. And... Of course, Twiney managed to get round him the first 10 minutes and, you know, it's, that chance went a bit wayward. Uh, but going to half-time 0-0, I don't think many people could complain. Um, perhaps we could have done more of the football, but I think both sides could have done so. Uh, especially going into the second half, of course, Twiney scores an absolute wonder strike, as per usual, on the half volley as well, which is even making the AC better. Um, and, yeah, I think, um, I think going 1-0... With one no lead with 10 minutes to go, most sides would be pretty confident in at least getting something from the game. So to concede two goals in the last 10 minutes, yeah, it, it, it was very disappointing. Um, the way the goals came about also were, well, whilst being fortunate, also quite annoying as well to see you go in the back end and that, especially when, you know, the majority of teams that go to Hills for the season won't be getting too much from their ground. So the fact that we were in, you know, very close chances to get maximum points there, uh, um, which I believe only one side's done there this season. Is uh, yeah, it, it's difficult to take. I mean, obviously you, you two guys were at the stadium, I wasn't, so it must be even more difficult to take for you two. But uh, Joe, how did you find uh, last night's game against Wednesday? Yeah, I thought the first half, I thought they definitely had the better of the general play, but in terms of chances, we had the best two chances in the game. We had, you know, Scott Twine goes through on goal and. I think a lot of us we were like, oh crap, he's through. And then he just he was just under so much pressure and he's this ball just got skied over. And then Kyoso from a set piece. So we we had the two best chances of the game and they had quite a few, yeah, okay chances. And 
they were putting pressure on, they were putting crosses in, and they didn't really sort of land land anything really in the first half. So going into the second half, I was, you know, yeah, fine, yeah, doing all right, but not doing great. Um, but yeah, second half, I think it was almost a case of um, thinking back to England at the Euros in the final. We almost scored too early, so that it just meant that the, for the rest of the half we were just sat. We were like, and Liam Manning mentioned this in his interview, and I was saying it, you know, for, for in the in the stands. I was thinking, what? Why on earth we just sat back so deep with half an hour to go? Just just play it around yourselves for you know five ten passes, frustrate the crowd, um, and also you know the, Sheffield Wednesday would have the ball, and I'm seeing the defence almost sat back on our. 18 yard line and I'm just thinking why on earth aren't we just just pushing up just push up 10 yards or so don't invite the balls down and you know it, it was there's a few things which frustrated me um, but I think a lot of it's you know it's natural in that to have that mindset I think when you're at a place like Hillsborough you know there's 20,000 people and 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 you is but I, I just yeah I was quite disappointed that the mindset was it seems to be right. Let's hold on to this one nil rather than let's see what else we can get. Because when we actually did string a few passes together, we looked dangerous, and we did in the first half as well. So it's a real shame that maybe you know the the players didn't quite have that belief, perhaps, or and um, you know it was a shame. But I think as well another thing to look at it is you know the pure quality that's in that Sheffield Wednesday side. Um, I had a quick look at the three substitutes that they were able to bring on. You had Simo Luonga, who's played just under 200 games in the Championship, uh, QPR and Sheffield Wednesday. You've got um, uh, you've got Saido Berahino, who's played over 130 games in the Premier League, and he's played over 30 games in the Championships. And then you've got Josh Windass, who's played over 100 games in the Championship and has got 31 goals or assists uh, in that time. So, you know, these aren't players that are all, you know, you know they, they were the three substitutes they made and uh, Josh Windass ended up getting um, one assist and, I mean, that 93rd minute goal, the thing that cheesed me off about that as well, was so lucky. He went to shoot with his left, absolutely scuffed it and then it falls perfectly for a right-footed volley. So, um, I mean, it, it felt harsh to lose, but, you know, I'd say Sheffield Wednesday did probably have the better of it, but, all, all, if all of a sudden we don't concede from a corner and we don't concede that scrappy, lucky goal at the end, we say, oh, we defended really well. But I just think that we could have been a bit braver in our approach to the final half of an hour of the game. Yeah. Yeah, it was disappointing for me that it just felt like the, the players, I know they went to the block and, oh, yeah, as you said, I think that was the worst decision to do. Because it is let the occasion get to him in the end, and obviously that's when you know chances go in, and you lose the game from that. Um, another younger group, and the thing is, the player, the players knew this as well. Obviously, Lunson is pressive talking about the fan, the Hillsborough fans, you know, always being that, well, being the twelfth man and controlling that game, and yeah, and you know, with, the, with that quality of the bench that you outlined there, Joe, it's it's always going to be a, a challenge when the likes of Josh Windass is coming on, who you know, of course he got his goal, but. He's, and funnily enough, they've had plenty of injuries, and those players come off the bench and just come back from injury. So it all came back at once. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just it's just, just the time. time. The timing of it is incredible. Um, Ross, how did you how did you find the Wednesday game? I thought it was a very entertaining one, especially that first half. Um, I felt in the first half they had that threat from airily, um, from set pieces, and we dealt with it. Comfortably, I felt. Um, Kioso, how many headers he won in that defensively was incredible. And I, I felt sorry for him in the second half because of, yes, the midfielders being overrun, but um, people, some, some, some people within the lineup, they weren't tracking back and he, he was getting um, double teamed. And I think when you look at it in hindsight, we conceded 25 shots that um, yesterday. And if I told you that 11, 11 of them were on target, if we take away the result, um, you'd you'd expect a, a team like Sheffield Wednesday to win a game like that. So we shouldn't be conceding that many shots. But I can say this and that, and um, at the end of the day, we, we know the caliber which um, this Wednesday squad um, possess, 
and uh, it paid dividend in the end. And yes, we can we can say that Manning's um, responsibilities on Manning, and I agree with you to to a degree. But at the end of the day, we we uh, you've two just discussed the crowd and everything. It's a hard place to come, and I'm, I was gutted yesterday um, because of the, the manner we conceded um, and the way people were complaining about Manning taking Baldwin off. It was probably a sensible choice if he was a bit tight on the hamstring or like Manning said, it was a sensible choice. Because long-term, we don't want to be ruling out players for six to 12 weeks with these hamstring injuries. We want them to keep them fresh and rotate the squad. And yeah, Harry Darling, we were praising two, three weeks back. Um, it, he's undroppable. And then Baldwin comes in, puts in an absolute masterclass, holds Wednesdays, um, Gregory especially, holds him to a tee, doesn't give much away and then Darling comes on maybe he's not bit maybe he's a bit too cold just like Noble was when he took that penalty maybe he's a bit too cold um, got caught on his feet a bit too much and um, it allowed them to get in behind but I think the one player one substitution which annoyed me the most was I felt Boateng stayed on a bit too long um, I felt his legs went a bit um, late on in the game and we were really starting to get overrun in that midfield um, and then when Josh McEachron came on, I think it was a bit too late and we couldn't assert our authority on the game. But overall, if we get the win on Saturday, I feel like we it's, it's a result we probably can forget. Yes, they're in and around us and we should be beating teams in and around us. But if you look at the league table, we're only six points off top. So it's still a tight table. And um, let's just hope we can build another run, run together and uh, push up the table even more. Yeah, it feels like we talk about Harari every episode on this bloody podcast. It seems to always come up. Oh, I, I feel like it as well. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, he is, he is, I think the position he plays, it's kind of hard not to. Because we attack so much and we score so many goals, you know, he is he is going to catch some attention from everyone that watches us on a regular basis. So I think it's kind of unavoidable. Uh, but yeah, I do I do agree with you on the, uh, the Baldwin substitution. I'll get Joe's thoughts on it in a second, but... You know, people blaming that substitution on losing the game. I think it's a bit ridiculous, to be honest with you. Um, you know, obviously context now says that, you know, as you said, Baldwin had a hamstring tweak and we can't wait the risk in that, especially with a few injuries we already have in the squad that ruled out some players that just come back. Um, but yeah, it couldn't be helped. Like, I don't really know what else to say. You know, yeah, he probably was cold, Ross, but I don't really know what else to say to that. I don't think mine does either. You know, he had no choice. It was either, I said, it was either keep, it was either take him off and bring on a cold darling or lose his centre back for potentially a good few months in the busiest period of the season. End of Christmas. Yeah, exactly. It's ridiculous. Like, but yeah, anyway, Joe, um, I'm sure, well, based on that response, I'm sure you're, you agree with us on the Baldwin substitution, but uh, tell us anyway. I mean, yeah, it's a real shame, Baldwin. I remember I said, I think about uh, maybe four, three, four episodes ago, I said I wouldn't mind just seeing the back three just changed up a bit. And I think I was actually mentioning about maybe Warren coming out for Baldwin, just have a little rest, just, you know, freshen it up a bit. And uh, yeah, well, I'm glad Baldwin's doing well and not making me look like a complete tear, which is nice. Um, but um, I think, yeah, it's just one of them where it, it, it was, it is, it is one of my pet peeves when something like that happens, but at the end of the day, it's maybe lesser of two eagles. Um, so um, there we go. Um, in terms of Hiram, I think one thing with it's a it's a funny one with Hiram because at the same time I was saying about how we couldn't really keep the ball because it seemed to me that Hiram's feet were like trampolines at times on Tuesday night. But at the same time, you know, sometimes we'd be playing balls at the pitch and Hiram would be picking out of the sky and you'd be like, bloody hell. That's like not many people on that pitch could do that. And that's probably the frustrating thing about Hiram and why we speak about him so much. And maybe why we're maybe harsh on him because we've seen him do some bloody amazing stuff. But we've also seen just, I'm also tearing my hair out at times. And maybe that's probably because we know that he can do it in most least. And, you know, I don't mean to be patronising with that at all. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, bringing on Josh McEachern, yeah, we might have been able to keep the ball a bit more. But when we did actually get the ball, you know, Hiram was a great out ball and he did hold it up really well at times. 
Um, and we, you know, we did look quite dangerous at times in sort of from maybe 60 to 75, 80 minutes because, you know, because of that presence of Hiram. So it's a funny one. I personally, you know, it, it, it genuinely does, you've got to weigh it up and, and there's benefits and, and downsides to both. And, well, it's a tough decision. So I'm glad I'm not the manager and the one that has to actually make those decisions. <laughs> Yeah, and and a bit off topic, but it, it comes down to you know just just not having time on the training ground to fix these. Well, I don't say problems, but you know issues that we're having right now, and I don't really know. And this one training session, I said one training session before Morecambe on Saturday is it, not enough. Luckily, we're not playing on the the weekend of the fourth of December anymore because I've been knocked up by Stevens in the FA Cup. Uh, so there's a bit of time there, but that's probably our only. Only chance of getting any time on the training ground until what probably January, February were the earliest. So yeah. Um difficult performance to take. Um one another annoying thing that came from that game is uh, Max Waters pick up an ankle injury. Um and with Troy Parrott, you know, still being ill. Um, not sure if he'll be available for Saturday, assuming he's not. Um obviously it's good to see Charlie Brown back on the bench on what well, past couple of games. Um, so it'll be him and uh, him or, or either Mo up top uh, for more calls Saturday, assuming Troy isn't available. So, um, how are we approaching this one, boys? Do you think it'll be Mo up front on Saturday, or do you reckon Charlie Brown gets straight back in? I, I, um, okay. I, I think um, I'd quite like to see Mo's actually only started nine games this season, and he's got four goals in those nine games, so it's you know, decent return. Um, I like, I really liked how we played against um. Crew, I thought Mo did really well that game. I think, you know, it's going to be a small pitch as well, uh, similar to what it was uh, against Crew, and we played with um, O'Reilly and Twine in behind. And I think then, you know, you then have McEachern. I think this is maybe one of the reasons McEachern didn't play as well was because uh, with the view to Saturday, um, so you'd have McEachern and um, and and Dave sitting there. So I think I quite like that that formation. Um, because I think it really does, I think it suits Mo on these smaller pitches where he can just really go about his sort of those. That's where the value is in, in finding that little extra edge. You think back to Shrewsbury, although we lost, he was the one person that had the best chance in the entire game. And, you know, unfortunately it hit the keeper. But, you know, he's the sort of player that finds those spaces out of nothing. You know, he had a tap in against Crew, he won a penalty as well. So, out of nothing, his clever movement is vital on those small pitches. So, yeah, I'm more than happy for Mo to be on his own with uh, O'Reilly and um, Scott Twine buzzing around him. And I think Scott Twine could play with a bloody traffic cone up, up front and still be uh, still be dangerous at the moment with the form he's in. Oh, we haven't even mentioned, sorry, can I just go back? We haven't even mentioned the goal that Scott Twine scored. It we kind of did. Ridiculous. But oh, yeah, we're going to see more if he's that good of a strike. Oh, I, well, sorry, I haven't mentioned it, but <laughs> it was mental. I could not believe it. it obviously, yeah, it just it dips yeah, so yeah. much coming towards us. And you, I think you just kind of know when someone hits it, you're like, yeah, that's him. And uh, it, it it went really fast as well. Like <laughs> sometimes when you see shots, you're like, oh, but no, that, that was hit hard. So yeah. Great yeah, goal. on the half volley, poof, it, yeah, one of, one of the goals of the season, 100%. If that's not up there, then if that's not up there, one of the goals of the season, mm. we had a very good season. I think uh, someone at the weekend might have something to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Ross, I'm sure um, yes. I'm sure you'll be backing your boy Moe's start up front on Saturday against Morecambe. I've got to. He's got to help me out now uh, when Max is down. I, I am gutted for Max, of, um, especially in that first half. He was he was proper physical and he was he was beating his man at times and um, yeah and we were really starting to see the proper Max Waters um, of Crawley um, of um, last, I believe it was last season and yeah I, I'm gutted for him but it's a chance for another person to obviously step up I'm hoping it's Mo I can't see Brown starting he hasn't but he's only literally just came back from injury um, and he was on the bench yesterday and then I don't know what's happening with Troy. Um, it, 
I don't know whether Toby Locke or anyone's mentioned it, but I'm a, I'm in the dark on that one. So I I, I would assume COVID it's too COVID. I think. Yeah, it's COVID symptoms, isn't it? Like that. Yeah, yeah. Some, some oh right, okay. Yeah, I hope he gets well then. Um, yeah, so I I I do feel Mo will be um, starting on Saturday, and um, I pretty much back what Joe said. Um, we had so much so much success against her crew um, going forward, especially in that second half. Um, but it'll be, I think it's pivotal. We need to utilize the wing backs, and use the space. I know, um, obviously, Joe's mentioned it's quite a tight, tight pitch. So we're gonna, we've got to use every ounce of it. And um, I, I do believe Kiyosa and Harvey will be um, pivotal in this game of getting um, the delivery into the box. Because of at the end of the day, if Mo's trying to run at defenders, that's not where he's best, and he's in the, he needs to be in the box. And if he get, gets in the box, he puts it in the back of the net. That's the way I see him. Um, but I just wanted to get your thoughts um, on Dan Harvey's performance against Sheffield Wednesday. He looked a bit meh, I felt. And I, I just wanted to see whether he's a bit up and down at the moment. I, I can't really uh, understand why. I think it's just the, the classic case of a, a young player in League One, to be honest with you. I don't think it's WC issue with Dan. I think, especially yesterday, you know, he, took, he touched the ball 34 times. And, you know, for, as you mentioned before, what, 42 of that, he was in his own half trying to defend against um, Jack Hunt and people like that and Gregory and Berahino when they came on. So it wasn't really his game. And I know for, I know for well, um, you know, if we talk about now and talk about his poor performance, he'll absolutely smash it on Saturday against Morecambe and probably get an assist or two. Um, but yeah, it was strange because obviously with reference to the Wigan game a fair bit in this episode and the Wigan game was absolutely outstanding. Um, I don't think there's too many issues with Dan Harry's performance overall. I think it's just he suits certain game scripts and that one wasn't one of them. Obviously, we highlight Kyoso because he's a much more physical player who is much better aerially and, you know, suits that type of game. But, no, I'm I'm not too concerned with Dan Howe's performance, and with all due respect, he's our only option there at the moment. I think Brooks way too young to be playing those type of games, especially starting them. Um, so yeah, I think um, regardless of how he is performing, he'll probably still start and he'll get through any rough patches he does have uh, in the starting eleven. Yeah, I think just just to add on that, I think I don't think at any point this season had Dan Harvey's been like bad or had a stinker but I just think sometimes he's just sort of just been yeah all right he's I think he's been all right for quite a lot of games and then really good for a couple of games um I think back to Cheltenham and I think you know he was so busy and so involved in the game like that, and sometimes to just that it just doesn't fall for him and the quality just isn't quite there and then yeah as you say Wigan brilliant um and uh, I think you know yeah he's 23 years old He's same as me. Um, I'm not in the MK team, so he's doing better than me. So yeah, I think uh, I think it's hard as well because I don't know if it's maybe a, I don't I, I doubt I don't know, really don't know if this does come into it. This is very much amateur psychology hour, but you know he hasn't necessarily got a like like replacement breathing down his throat. You know, if say Jack Zach Jules had actually really seized his chance when you know when Dan was suspended, perhaps or. Or you know, been put maybe putting in more more better performances when he did have a chance. Who knows? You know what it would be like. What because Dan Harvey must have been like. Well, if I don't really step it up, I've got someone waiting in the wings ready to take my place. And I actually think that since Aidan Baldwin's played in the last couple of games, Warren O'Hara has been absolutely bloody fantastic. And he's you know almost upped his game. Now you know this is it could just be a coincidence, of course, but. Aidan Baldwin all of a sudden is putting in a shift and Warren O'Hall and Harry Darling's not automatically back in the team. And Warren O'Hall is raising his game as a result, who I might have, you know, not, not doubted, but just said, you know, maybe we just need to see a bit more consistency from these guys. So maybe there's that an element of that as well in there. Yeah, it's definitely a thing. We see it all the time for our football. I'm sorry, I'm not too sure it's a Dan Harvey thing um, in terms of that. I, I think, you know, well, we know Dan Harvey, he's an absolute, he's an absolute warrior on that pitch and he happily fight for anything. But yeah, listen, I think 
we well, I think we know that Sweeting is going to be looking at players that position in January 100%. And it'll probably be probably be a youngster. I would be surprised if we get an experienced guy in, in January unless we pay money for them. Um, but yeah, I mean, loans I, could do a job there. He could do. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm much, no. I'm much, I'm much prefer that back role, to be honest. So, yeah, I'm, I'm some much... of our fans would put him there, though. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm much a friend Louis in that centre back role, to be honest. Um, what about Josh Martin? Just... Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. I, I just feel, I don't know. I, I feel sorry for Josh Martin. I think he's, yeah. I think um, regardless of how he's another young happens, lad trying to adapt to yeah. adapt to the men's game, it's I, quite. I, I think as well, like, because um, interestingly, um, Liam Sweeten said it on the podcast that he was on with um, um, the a couple of guys from the Athletic. Yeah, yeah. He said tr- people were saying Troy Parrot were, were writing Troy Parrot off when he was eighteen. This is his third loan spell, and it's the only one, arguably, where he's actually been consistent. Um, and so, you know, I think you know this is Josh Martin's first one. He's what nineteen. So sometimes this sort of thing does happen. Um, and but I think. You know, it could be very interesting going into the last, say, half an hour if we're if we're losing or drawing on Saturday. God forbid. Um, <laughs> if if you know, because I think back to Cheltenham and I think back to Shrewsbury, and both times, like Kyoso and Harvey were probably the two players that actually had the ball the most. And so often, you know, without being too disrespectful, you could tell they were defenders at certain, in certain times during those situations you could tell that you know if all of a sudden you had a winger on or out that out wide you know that that would mean that perhaps the delivery was better decision making they could actually go and beat a man uh, more more easily so maybe that's something if you know if they're camped in what have you got to lose by just throwing on an extra winger essentially because that is essentially where they will play in these sorts in where they have played in these sorts of away games so far this season. Yeah, I'm trying to think back to when because Josh Martin played right wing back, didn't he? In the, in the, is it Papa John's game? I swear, yeah, I swear against, he, he was sick, as yeah. the kids would say. And and to be fair, he was brought in to play that position, well, theoretically, um, by well, Mr. Well, he played Martin. there in pre-season. He played there pre-season. Yeah, could be interesting. Obviously, we're seeing a bit of Kyo's turn left wing back as well, haven't we? When um, Tanai Watson's come on and Dan Harvey's gone off. Yeah, could happen, could happen. Um, but yeah, one last point on Morecambe. So yeah, on the Morecambe point is that they don't press this, don't press teams. I think on like bottom five, like pressing. So yeah, I think, as you mentioned about McEachran being used for Saturday and players like that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think it could be a bit like Cheltenham, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, you know, Try to pass around them as opposed to, but like Burton or Sheffield Wednesday, they try to have to like scrap them to get the ball back. Um, but yeah, I mean, speaking of which, uh, latest option overview with Dave Salmon, um, from the Shrimps Verdict is up next for after a short little break. This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. So, another away trip for Don's on Saturday, another opposition overview for you. And today we've got Dave Salmon in from the Shrimps Verdict, but also the Morecambe I Follow commentary. So, Dave, how are you doing? Doing very well, thanks, Liam. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no worries. I'm curious about the I Follow commentary. First of all, how do you find it and um, yeah, how, how glamorous is it, basically? I think if I could use any word to describe it, uh, glamorous certainly wouldn't be <laughs> honest with you. Um, in terms of the commentary, every, every club has a different way of doing it. Um, a lot of teams just piggyback the local BBC commentary, so they will literally take a, an audio feed from that. Other clubs do their own in-house commentary. They'll employ a commentator. Some clubs do it voluntary. Um, With Morecambe, um, they piggyback the local commercial radio station and um, they take the feed of that. The logistics of it are not very glamorous at all. Uh, We turn up, we dial a number and some some witchcraft happens and we're on and we're through it. It looks... I think I follow gets a lot of bad press. I think it's a lot better than what it was a couple of years ago. That's for sure. In terms of the 
usability from a from a supporter's point of view because the platform was really clunky, wasn't it, a couple of years ago? And yeah. the streaming wasn't great and it was buffering and all sorts of stuff happened. I think this season and also during the pandemic, they've um, they've made things a hell of a lot better. So uh, glamorous, no. <laughs> Uh, real good fun to do, absolutely. That's good to hear. Everyone, obviously, everyone was kind of forced to use iFollow during mm. obviously the dreaded COVID era, just watching games on your laptop or your TV. Um, so yeah, but I oh, just yes, generally intrigued by it to see your thoughts on it. So yeah, it's, the one uh, thing we haven't got, uh, which obviously viewers have, and you know, if you know the right witchcraft, you can you can watch <laughs> games in, in wherever you might be. I mean, that's not for me to say, of course, but. Um, the one thing that I follow commentary hasn't got is is replays. Uh, we get quite a lot of, oh, you must have saw the replay of that, and no, it's we, we get one, you get one chance at it, and that's the live action. If we call it wrong, it's too late, it's done and dusted, and there's yeah. not much you can do about it. But overall, it's great fun, um, and uh, I, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't particularly change very much for it. I, I, I absolutely love it. Yeah, you need an international viewer on hand, don't you? It's sort of give you all the uh, sort of screenshots and little replays of the game while you're on commentary. Yeah, we we, we have all that. We have. Uh, we, we, I'm I'm really lucky in that point of view. We have uh, a number of uh, fans from around the world. One of our big supporters lives in Peru. Okay, he's a huge Morecambe fan. He's an expat. I think he's coming back this next year. But uh, he lives in Peru. Um, so it's sort of eight o'clock in the morning for a three o'clock Saturday kickoff, and he, he sends me screenshots and action replays, and, and it's all it's all great. So you need that extra little bit, but uh, I certainly think I follow as a platform has um, has come on lows in the last year or so, and uh, I actually think it's pretty user friendly now. Not perfect, of course, by far from it. it. It probably could still be a bit more refined, but uh, it's certainly great fun to do. Yeah. Anyway, that's enough. That's enough. An I follow for one day, I think. <laughs> Uh, let's dig into everything shrimps. So 18th in the league at the moment through 17 games. Was that where you expected to be overall? Or do you reckon, you know, Robinson, the boys should be a bit higher at the league? I think for me, we are about where I expected us to be. Uh, the season that we had at the start, the first six weeks or so, we were terrific. Not necessarily picking up a vast amount of points, but the performances were were enough. And, and we we'd thought after about seven, eight games that, you know what? we might do okay this season. And I was one of those people who thought, well, let's just temper expectations just a little bit. We've had some good results. We beat Sheffield Wednesday. We were the first team to score against them in the whole of the season up until that point. We've had other great performances as well against high-profile sides. So should have beaten Ipswich on the opening day of the season. But then we went on this bad run. And we always knew that this bad run was coming. And it amounted to six defeats in, in seven games, six defeats and a draw in a seven-game run. We went from comfortable mid-table to the, the brink of the bottom four. Still early in the season, of course, as, as we know, a lot can change. But then we started to, I, I wouldn't say panic, because that's not the way that the, that the team sets up and, and the mentality of the squad. But we certainly had a bit of a reality check, that's for sure. So Saturday's win against Fleetwood. Obviously, it came in a quite dramatic fashion. We'll talk about that in a second. But uh, hopefully now that's going to kickstart us back up again. Because in general play, we've, we've been pretty solid. We've more than matched most sides who we've played. Even in our defeats this season, in general play, we've been pretty even. It's just been our own mistakes. Switching off from set pieces, not picking up from crosses into the box, free headers, cheap free kicks given away all that kind of stuff. We've, we've not really been played through or, or cut open very much this season. So hope for the future, but clearly where we are at, at the moment, we, we need to get a few wins and, and, and pretty quickly, hopefully. Yeah, our, our gaffer Liam Manning speaks a lot about momentum and building that on your side mm. and especially in the league, obviously the passive results, you're starting to build it up again. But I think especially for, you know, sides like yourself and towards the bottom of the league, unfortunately, it's, Momentum is absolutely huge. If you get four or five wins, you you're not you know, are not safe, but you you're pretty much on your way there. And obviously, unless see, same league one this season could be massive for you guys. I think at the start of the season, I I personally thought if we could stay up relatively comfortably, and by that I, I don't mean mid table necessarily, but always having a, a a reasonable cushion between us and the bottom four, some great away days one or two upsets. And we've already had that, actually. I say the, the, the draw with Ipswich beating Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, we were 2-0 up away at Wickham and playing them off the park. And we just fell to bits in the last half an hour. Um, so we've proved we can do it. But I think at the start of the season, most Morecambe fans would, would certainly accept where we are now 
with the caveat that there's a bit more to come from us and hopefully we can start to climb the table. So, yeah, so far, pr- pretty happy overall so far. Yeah, and obviously a big a big part to that, you know, happiness from yourself so far has been Cole Stockton. Of course, he's on 12 goals this season, two from just his own half as well, which is pretty impressive. Um, only one off beating his tally from last season, League Two. He's um obviously you know you've seen his goal scoring talent yourself um from last season, but I think his former League One has been a bit of a revelation, hasn't it, to be honest? He's in one of these veins of form at the moment. I mean, in fact, I say veins of form. Before Saturday and that wonder goal against Fleetwood, he'd actually only scored twice in nine games in League One because he had such a sensational start, racked up, got it into double figures really quickly. He then only scored twice in nine games. He was contributing loads in general play, but not finding the back of the net. Um, it's, It's in one of those seasons where everything he hits goes in. And it doesn't matter how far out you've, you've seen the goal he scored from the halfway yeah, line. Clearly, yeah. You've seen the goal against Wimbledon when he lobbed the keeper from 40 yards, volleys flying into the top corner. And it, I think every striker at some point in their life goes through that run, maybe for a season or just a few months, where they just hit everything into the net. And that's what's happening with Cole at the moment. He, he's, he's certainly one that, that surprised. I mean, we knew he was a good overall solid lead to striker. Not perhaps as prolific as, as others, but general play okay. But he's, he's absolutely come on to another level this season. And uh, long may that continue. He's certainly uh, certainly one that you'll have to uh, pay very, very close attention to on Saturday, that's for sure. Yeah, it's, it's always a bit worrying with those type of strikers because they're a bit of an unknown, to be honest, how they play. Mm-hmm. And so when, when literally when, you're, when like, your fortune is favouring you and so that all the goals going in, it's really hard to stop that. Yeah. And especially with our defence admittedly our defenders themselves are admitting that we've been seeing a lot of sloppy goals recently and that's not a new thing in Milton Keynes don't so you know it's um yeah it's a, it's a slight worry and to be fair that's probably that should be the number one concern regarding Dons I think but yeah. it's also very important to not underestimate some Euro players in your squad um I would say Greg, Greg Lee for example is one that reached out to me I think he seems to be doing it on both sides of the pitch down left hand side this season of course yeah. got the three assists but also you know aerial aerially wise he's Absolutely incredible. He's a colossus, is Greg. Um, he had injury problems over the last couple of seasons. He had a, a really bad hamstring injury, which put him out for nearly six months. And when he signed for Morecambe in the summer, he was not fully fit. And how, well, he, I, I suppose he was, he'd recovered from his injury, but because he hadn't played for the six months previous, he was a bit of an unknown quantity. He's got a good record on paper, that's for sure. Loads of games in the football league at League One level. Um, but he just offers us down that flank so much. What is what I would call, he's not a wing back, he's an overlapping fullback. I think there's a difference, isn't there, between the two? Um, but he's fantastic in the air, great left foot, and uh, he's certainly been one of our standout players this season, that's for sure. Yeah, him and him and Pete Kyoso could have a nice little battle down that wing for I sure. Think so. Yeah, because Kyoso himself is very good aerially and he's uh likes a goal himself and an or even assist. So yeah, it should be a good little battle on Saturday. That I think so. I think so. In terms of the rest of our team, Liam, we've we're a team. We're, we're more of a. I wouldn't like to single out too many other players because we're more of a squad and we all sort of muck in in, in that regard. I will mention just one or two more though, uh, if I may, and that's uh, Joan Ryunga, who plays on the right side of our attacking trio, uh, and he's a great foil for Cole Stockton. He does a lot of the a lot of the leg work. He's a big physical presence. He's one of these players that, you know, you need to call a taxi to, to get round him. He's kind of wide as he is tall. Um, you look on paper, he hasn't got that, that great a record. I think he scored like three in 60 games or something like that for Bristol Rovers. So not fantastic at all, but he's just one of these players. He runs and runs and runs at you. Uh, Jonah the juggernaut, we call him. You'll find out why on Saturday, that's for sure, because he just runs at the ball. And if you he, if he dispossess him, next time he gets it, he'll just run at you again. So Jonah wants to look out for. Centre of midfield as well. Uh, we are starting to really click. Um, Shane McLaughlin for me is our is our the key in that. Um, we really missed him. He was fantastic at the start of the season. He then got sent off against that Crinton, so he missed three games. He then got injured quite seriously. Well, I say seriously, about a six week layoff. So for the last two months we've missed him, and that's coincided with our the bad run of six defeats in seven that we went on in the league. But he's now back, fully fit, fully firing, centre of the park. And he's just one of these midfielders. He covers every blade of grass. He's everywhere. 
coupled with our, our younger players, our loanies, Callum Jones is really starting to, to, to find his feet as well uh, on loan from Hull City. Adam Phillips as well uh, from, from Burnley uh, and, and the others in the mix as well. Diagaraga in the centre, vastly experienced. He's nearly 35 now, his tomb. So we've certainly got options over the park um, where, where we can hurt you. But we're not just, and, and I thought this was going to be a, a, a bit of a, a one-man band, if you will, at, at the start of the season, because we were careful. And if we were not too careful, we, we would over-rely on Cole Stockton for the goals. And we thought for a while, well, if Cole doesn't score, where are we going to get the goals from? But that's not been the case over the last uh, maybe month or so. And it's been con more contributions from all over the pitch. So we, we can certainly hurt you, that's for certain. But we know of our defensive frailties as well and, and also the threat, the, the threat that you offer in the final third. Yeah, well, hey, you mentioned about some players who maybe don't stand out stats for. This is why we get guests like you on to talk to us about juggernaut people like that, because obviously uh, he'll be up against Daniel Harvey and likely yeah. Dean Livington, who obviously Dean Livington, you know, is absolutely mm. a legend really on our front. But Dan Harvey likes to have a little run down the wing himself. So I think it'd be important to instruct our two holding midfielders in terms of trying to keep the juggernaut at bay, which could be harder than it seems by the sounds of it. <laughs> well, we're four three three. I'm sure we will be four three. Even though you you'll be three at the back, we we will almost certainly be four three three because that's the players that our gaffer has recruited to play the system that he prefers. Um, so it's a flat back four uh, with the overlapping fullbacks. Um, it's a, a usually one sitter and two with a bit more license. So it will probably be. Probably Callum Jones and Alfie McCalmont, another guy we've got on loan from Leeds, uh, who's who, again, he just buzzes around, happy just to pick the pass. Uh, and then a, a, a one central striker, Cole Stockton, and then two genuine wide players in Jonah Younger, And it'll probably be Arthur Nahua on the left hand side uh, to provide the width. So it's, it's a what I would call a flexible 4 3 3. Um, and, and we know where we can hurt you. I think we also know where you can hurt us. And uh, I think if you looking at some of the goals you've scored over the last few weeks, Liam, I think I, I'm, I'm quite concerned about a couple of areas, to be honest. But so we'll see how it, go, how it pans out. Yeah, it should be an entertaining game for sure. Um, before we get into our score predictions and I'll send you off on your, enjoy your Sunday, Dave. Talk to us a bit about Steve Robinson. Obviously, it's his first full season as uh, Shrimp's boss. How, how's he getting on in general? I think he's fantastic. I think he's he's a, he's a great character. He's a he's an out and out Northern Irishman, um, and the fiery nature of, of of being from Belfast, I suppose. He had a terrific time in Motherwell. He was brilliant in the Scottish Premier League. Uh, got them uh, third in the league. Got them um, Euro into uh, cup finals, onto the brink of Europa League qualification, and he was fantastic. In England, he had a, obviously a season in in Leeds with Oldham Athletic. Didn't work out at all. And and I think if you talk to Oldham fans, they'll tell you it was it was a load of rubbish. But I think there was other <laughs> other factors at play there within the, that football club. He's had to put a squad together really really quickly. When he joined us back in the summer, we only had three senior contracted players. So he's had to sign 19 players, 17 new signings and, and two who were with us on loan last season who, who rejoined again. So it takes a bit of time for that to all gel and, and for all to all work together. We've obviously had a, a congested fixture calendar as well. So he's, he's not really had too much time to get his ideas across into the squad of, about exactly how we want to play. But it is for me, he's a, a highly impressive I think he's in, I think he's about 47 as well. So he's, he's just about in that bracket of the younger breed of manager, just about. Um, and he has a very dis distinct way of playing. Um, so hopefully uh, that's going to come across on Saturday and we'll, we'll make, for a, make for a fantastic game of football. I, I'm really excited about Saturday, actually. And I think it's, it's got the makings of, and I've not said this with all clubs this season, I've, who I've spoken to on podcasts and had guests on my podcast. I think there's been times where we're going to well, probably be a bit stodgy on Saturday, lads, won't it? But I genuinely think this weekend it's got the makings, and it's commentators curse, it'll be nil-nil now, but I think it's got the makings of being a great game. Yes, I was saying to you, Dave, it's my first time up in Morecambe, so I didn't go to the League 2 game in 2019. So 
yeah, I'm looking forward to it myself. A bit of a long drive, but hey, you know, if you get the free points. It's not too so. bad at all. Once you get on the motorway, Liam, you'll be all right. And it's, I uh, say, you're off at Junction 34, you're onto a dual carriageway, like a bypass, and then you're there. Parking's a bit dodgy, but you'll, you'll find the side street. It'll be absolutely fine. Yeah, I, th- I think, I think we're very warm welcome. I hope we get in there for like, what, midday hour 12, so I'm sure we'll find parking. <laughs> you'll be absolutely fine. And then uh, you're more than welcome in the club bar in JB's. There's a, there's a pub called the Hurley Flyer opposite the stadium. And another couple of pubs within walking distance. If you get there early enough, you can go have a little walk down the prom as well. If it's a nice day, go and have your picture taken with the Eric Morecambe statue and all the touristy things that come with that. But it should be a great occasion. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, no, it should be a good game. So, speaking of which, score predictions. Give me, <laughs> give me your score predictions for Saturday. I think there'll be goals. Uh, I, I think, as as I mentioned to you on on, on our podcast, Liam, I, I'm I'm very concerned about our ability to keep a clean sheet especially with the firepower that you have and, and you've, you're, you're, you're form players at the moment. And just looking at the nature of some of the goals you've scored, I think you have got the ability to cut us open. There's no, no doubt in my mind about that. But we've got the ability to hurt you as well. We're much better at home than we are away. I would be delighted with a point. I think it's going to be 2-2. Okay, I like it. Lots of goals. I reckon there'll be goals also, but I'm going to go 2-1 Dons. Um, yeah, I, I do think we can see the sloppy goal. Um, unfortunately, that's just that's just something we can't seem to get rid of at the moment. Um, but yeah, with Waters and Twine in the form they are at, uh, yeah, I, I find it hard to not as, to see us not winning any game at the moment. I think you know we're that good. Obviously, Tuesday night's games have a say on things. We're at Sheffield Wednesday. You've got you've got Charlton yourselves, so two pretty big games there. Uh, but yeah, as of, as a Sunday afternoon, I'm I'm quietly confident for this one. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be good. I think it's going to be a great game. Um, and and even if it's not Liam, you can have uh, the best pie in League One. Um, <laughs> so, so that's some consolation, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. Right, Dave. Thank you very much for popping on to the podcast. Uh, before you go, please let everyone know where they can find your work. Uh, so we have the Shrimps Verdict podcast, which uh, I suppose, like all pods, really, it's available on uh, all the usual podcast providers, Google, Apple, Spotify. You can find it on the local radio station's website, beyondradio.co.uk. Actually, smart speaker to play. It's, it's the same as yours, pretty much. It's, uh, it's, yeah. it's not quite a fans pod where we have, we have out-and-out fans on. It's more of a, a presented pod, if you will. So it's highlights of the game just gone reaction to the action and obviously uh, just like talking to yourself we preview the next game coming up so uh, it's I think it's I think as a, as a general football league listen it, 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 we do okay we do okay uh, it, the, the shrimps verdicts uh, go, go and find it go and check it out yeah there you go it's obviously if we, if we went on Saturday then it's even better listening you get to hear how I like <laughs> the game so <laughs> a few days all right well thanks once again Dave and uh, best of luck for the season apart from Saturday yeah you too Liam thanks for having, having me on cheers no worries Okay, on to our Don's lineups for Morecambe, presented by FanHub. Uh, Ross, what have you gone for to bounce back in the lovely Morecambe on Saturday? Um, so I've gone with obviously the usual in goal of uh, Fisher. Oh, Fisher, Frank. Then the, oh, well, we can. Oh, I don't want to say dream. Um, and then the usual back three of. Um, well, I say the usual back three. It it was Baldwin, um, O'Hora. And the Louis, I've gone with just one change of that back three. I feel like obviously Baldwin. Um, we spoke about obviously today will probably be a recovery day, and then they'll have one one uh, training day, and then they have to head off on Friday. I just feel if it is his hamstring tweak, I feel like that's just um, too little recovery. So I've left him out, and I've brought in Harry Darling, and then obviously Was will return over to that right centre half spot. Um. And then I've gone with the usual two wing-backs in Kyoso and Harvey. I feel you, you can't drop them at the moment, them two. And then I've, at the bottom of the box, I've gone with McEachran and Kasumi. And then at the top of the box, I've gone with Twine and O'Reilly. I feel like, obviously, we mentioned it at Crew. It works so well. Um, I think that's probably the only formation we can really turn to at the moment with Mo up top. Um, yeah, and then, as I've just said, I've gone with Mo up top. Yeah, um, I think the team kind of picked itself this week. So I've gone with the exact same level as you. Um, I did have Baldwin in there, but as you mentioned, Ross, you know, with that hamstring, it's not something that's about with, but like a concussion, really. 
Um, and we've seen Manning go on the safe side regarding injuries this season, which is a sensible thing to do. Uh, so, yeah, um, I think the back three will be exactly the same, as will the whole 11. Uh, so, Joe, have you got anything different to me and Ross, or have you uh, set with the same 11? Um, gentlemen, it's the uh, the rare, lesser spotted triple formation this week. Oh. Uh, I've gone exactly the same. Uh, yeah, I think I think um, with the, as Baldwin, I think he's done fantastic. But you know, I think one thing that um, what's the, the we had the Belgian journalist on Sven. Sven one yeah. thing he said was, you know, he 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 always, he always monitors. You know, he looks after the players and the squad really well. And I think that's something that we've, you know, seen bits of already, um, you know, with Lewington being rested at certain times. And I think with the Papa John's game against Leighton Orient coming up, I'd dare say that Baldwin would start that. So I think that Baldwin will get a rest this Saturday. I think Darling 100% starts. I think Warren's in such good form. You can't not start him. And Dean Lewington will be playing every game until he's 50. So that's that back three sorted. Um, yeah, with tonight, I think he's been ill or slightly injured. Um, I think Robson's picked up another knock on his injury. Yeah. Charlie Brown's just coming back. So we've got quite a few players that are just on the periphery and it just wouldn't necessarily feel right to just chuck them straight in. So I think that this is the best 11 we've got available. Um, you know, maybe when it, when everyone is fit, it's probably one of the best available. Uh, you know, maybe just shuffle around at the top of the pitch. But um, yeah, really happy with that lineup. Um and it's it's worked well for us before that sort of structure. Um, so I'm looking forward to the game. Yeah, I thought one of us would go Haram. After we talked about so much about him, but one of us would put him in the lineup. But uh, I, I think know. he probably needs recovery for um, the yeah. John's Trophy game. Yeah, yeah, he needs the numbers we can get at the moment, especially all the injuries we've got. So uh, yeah, yeah you're probably, are, probably right there. Okay, score-wise, um, I've already said mine, of course. Uh, 2-1 MK Dons, I've gone for. Uh, Joe, what's your score prediction for Saturday? Um, away from home, we've been, we, you know, we've been scoring away from home. I think there's only been the Shrewsbury game all season where we haven't actually scored away from home. Am I wrong? Is that, am I correct uh, in that? I mean, that, I think that's a good, it's a good charm. We'll check yeah, right now. I, I think that's the only game correct. all season. That's the only game all season we haven't scored. Am I right? I mean, you're asking a lot of me here to go for Rotherham at home. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, that's good. There you go. That's a shout. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, we've been. Good Why away I remember from home. that, I don't know. We've been good away from home, um, and I think that Morecambe are a decent side, but they're not a great side. And I think if we get an early goal, which we've been all right at doing away from home. Um, I'm confident that as the game will open up, we'll have opportunities to, uh, well, let them get back in it, first of all, I'm sure, and then uh, hopefully finish the game off. <laughs> uh, so I've gone 3 1. Yeah, we in the Manning easy. Yeah, in the Manning era, that's the only game Ranks scored a goal in, obviously, because didn't score against Bournemouth, did we? Um, but we don't talk about that on this oh, podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ross, finally, was... one of the worst days of my life. Yeah, that wasn't the best day, was it? And that, and that was the first game in English football with full attendances post COVID, and it was that. Deary me, what a day that was. Um, Ross, finally, what's your uh, your score prediction for Saturday? I think there will be a lot of frustration amongst the squad. Um, obviously, if you watch Twiney's, um post-match, um, you could tell he was annoyed with the way the team set up. And I do feel like the frustration needs to be um, let out. And I, I feel like that Morecambe team's the perfect opposition to let that out on. And I'm going to go, just because of th- Joe said 3-1, I'm going to end up like crew and say 4-1. Oh. Morecambe fans. 4-1 away win. <laughs> yes. No, it'll be our fourth for one of the season. Tell her, you know, won't it? Because we're Cambridge as well. Oh yeah. yeah. That doesn't seem likely, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> we can dream. I yeah. make my drive worthwhile. <laughs> none of us have gone for a clean sheet either, which is awfully confident of us. Yeah. Well, it's unfortunately it's not very surprising at the moment. Um, 
But yeah, weirdly enough, whenever we've uh, lost a game midweek uh, recently, we've actually won the following game. So we could be on something there. Hopefully make our trip to Morecambe worthwhile. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much for listening to the latest episode of the MQ1 podcast. If you're in Morecambe on Saturday, all three of us will be there. So please say hello. And uh, yeah, as Dave said, make sure you get a pie. Um, I think Athra's recommendation would all be getting one for sure. Until then, come on, you dons. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.